Mindfulness Mode 163. Anyone who walked through a forest and took a couple of deep breaths, you can't deny that they felt amazing. Reach new heights of calm, focus, and happiness on today's Mindfulness Mode with me, your host and Mindfulness Life Coach, Bruce Langford. On Mindfulness Mode, we talk about how people from all walks of life have discovered mindfulness and how it's impacted their lives to help them become more calm, focused, and happy. Okay, Mindful Tribe, let's get started. I am really excited because I have Yellis Vaz here on the line. Hey, Yellis, are you in Mindfulness Mode? Bruce, um, here with you and all the people who are listening, uh, 100%. Terrific. Yellis Vaz is a photographer a world traveler, and founder of Inner Picture Stories. Not so long ago, he began a two-month journey to South Africa, and it transformed into a three-year journey around the world. This was a self-healing journey, a self-healing discovery, and it was an awareness experience for Yellis. He now shares all of these things that he's learned with others through his newfound voice. So I'm really excited to talk with you. How are you today, Yellis? I'm very good. It's um, it's a very nice weather here in Belgium at the moment. So yeah, it's uh, I'm doing very good. Thanks. And it's beautiful weather here in Canada as well. So that's kind of cool. <laughs> well, Yellis, tell us what mindfulness really means to you. So um, <clears throat> I, I like to keep it very simple because I think one of the problems... Um, about mindfulness, uh, just like happiness, for example, is that um, many people say like different things about it, come, all coming down to the same core factors though, but um, for people who do not know what mindfulness is, it can become quite confusing. So for me, mindfulness is simply fully being here in the now and not being stuck with thoughts in either the past or in the future. Right. Yeah, I think it is fully being here in the now. And, you know, as a photographer, obviously, you're very focused on the visual. When did you first realize that that what whatever was visual was really important to you? So that was um, when I was 18 and I started uh, traveling and I just saw this amazing world that I just didn't know. And I, I really wanted to share that. So it's not like photography has become a very big passion of mine, but it's not my real true passion. For me, that's the world. And with photography, I'm just able to go. It's like a tool that I can use to to share that passion. So so it's the traveling and discovering the world. And you just came back from Germany, you mentioned. Tell us what you've discovered in Germany. Tell us about that country and what it means to you. Uh, so I was there with a friend to go and do some hiking uh, for some couple of days. And it, when, always when I come back from these kind of trips, it, it always teaches me appreciation. Um, because when you're there in the wild, you just have, you got a small supply of food and you can't really shower or you're sleeping in a tent. And it's fun at the moment for sure. But once you come back home, you you kind of you do miss like those things and those basic luxuries that we have and you, by by going in a while and putting you away from all those basic luxuries that we have every day you really start to appreciate them again so i think it's it's important to go and remove yourself from them for some time 
Yeah, I think it is too. And I think it, you know, talking about mindfulness, it makes us very mindful of what we have and we can appreciate it and be grateful for it all that much more. So you love hiking. Does that get you kind of into a state of relaxing and just kind of in a different place? Um, yeah, it does. It Because it really puts me here in a now because... I'm just surrounded by nature and it, it, it calls my mind so much. So when you go on a hike like that, do you almost always uh, couple it with photography, take pictures as you go, or sometimes do you just leave the camera at home and don't even think about that? Um, I do mostly take my camera with me, but it's not like I'm uh, like obsessed and taking photos like the whole time I'm walking. Um, but when I am, it's it's like a tool for me to go and because I've, I when I'm taking photos, I'm just so aware of what I'm seeing because I'm trying to pay close attention to the details. So I always like to take my camera with me because it's also helping me to really focus on what I'm seeing as I'm trying to take a, a photo out of it. Right. I, I sometimes wonder about this because I love taking pictures too, but sometimes I find that it takes me away from the present moment because I look at something, I think it's beautiful, then I think, oh, I should take a picture of it. And then I start, mm. you know, getting out the camera and then I've kind of disrupted the, the pleasantness of that moment. Do you ever find it works like that? Actually, I mean, I've heard this, but... Um... I, to me, it's not at all. I, I kind of observe first what I'm seeing before I'm going to take a picture of it. And even when right. I'm taking pictures, I'm, I'm still paying close attention to everything, what is moving. It's just really um, kind of reminding yourself that you should not only focus on the camera itself. Yeah, yeah, sure. So what kind of camera do you use? Is it a fairly large camera, something you can slip in your pocket? What's it like? Uh, I got a mirrorless camera, so it's like it's smaller than a DSLR. Uh, so it's kind of handy to go and take with you. It's not as heavy, right? And it's called a mirrorless. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so you you take your pictures, and then what do you do? Do you write your blog and incorporate the picture into that, or tell us how you then use your photography to share with the world? Um, I, it's not like I write a, mostly I write an article, um, but I can be about anything. And because I have so many pictures about different moments and different situations, I, I can always go and find one that kind of fits together with the article that I'm writing. So do you take your photos and you tag them and you carefully organize them into a library so that you can always find the kind of picture you want? Or do you just kind of have it all in your mind and you think, oh, yeah, I remember that one picture that'll work for this? How do you do that? No, I like a, a, pro, like a software like Lightroom, for example, or Capture One. Um, they're great to not alone to edit photos, for, um, but also to go and... Um, uh, to organize them. So I use software as this to organize my pictures. Right. Okay. So you do use Lightroom then? Yeah, I do. Yep. Right, right. Yeah. I know it's a pretty popular, pretty popular program. So what are some of the most exciting moments that you remember from your three-year tour around the world? Share some of your stories with us. 
Um, I think just the the general change that um, it gave me because when I was when I was eighteen, I I was kind of locked in in a statement that I, I spent like about six years pretty much in my room, um, locked away from everything. And what that kind of did with me was that the, like the surroundings that we surround us with, they and also the people they kind of teach us what is possible and what is out there. So in, in my room, I just knew that only what was out there was just this room because I knew nothing more about that. So what traveling really taught me was um, that there are so many possibilities out there and there's so many things to do and see and there's so many amazing people out there and it's just such an incredible world. So you met a lot of people as you toured. How did how did you do that? Were you nervous to go up to people and say hi, or were you? Did it just kind of happen naturally? Um, I think in the beginning, I guess I was kind of nervous. Right now, like now, it's just it feels totally natural to go to random strangers. Um, but like when you travel, like one of the things, like hostels, for example, when you go and sleep in a dorm. You already go and you're placed in in a room with six people or something, and so you're kind of already in a place that you can connect with people. Um, but I, I, there's not too much trouble actually in finding people. There, there's always someone when you travel. There's always someone to to talk to. So after you got back, did you have that hunger to travel more and more, or were you able to kind of settle into? being at home in Belgium again? Um, I did have that hunger. Um, so, and also it, it was not just alone the hunger kind of feeling, but it was also kind of realizing that I was still very young and that I should, I should kind of make it count what I have at the moment. So, I still wanted to see more of the world, still having my body um, fit and still being good health. So I was able to combine, um, I was able to kind of make a living out of it while still traveling, working online, taking photos for other companies. So I tried to build a kind of lifestyle uh, out of it. Right, so it's, it's really interesting to me to hear about you spending the six years in your room and mindful tribe, you know, this is really dramatic, you know, six years mm. in your room. And I know that you experienced some depression and, and you were just very, very unhappy during that time. And then you kind of broke away, you escaped and, you know, it must've taken a lot of initiative. How did you get that initiative? Tell Mindful Tribe how you broke out and, and then made that initial decision to go and it actually happened. Yeah, um, so it was kind of in the age of 12 to 18, that's six years where I, I, I just just kind of lived in my room. And, um, and I was in a very deeply unhappy state that actually not many people really know about. Um, but my body was just, once I was 18 and I was kind of legally able to leave school, my body was just, and all my instincts were just totally pushing me and just telling me that I should go and change something or else, um, I don't know, I just, 
it was kind of the last kind of call of my of my instincts. Right. And once you got out and you started traveling, how long did it take before you knew that that was something that you just really loved to do? <laughs> uh, <laughs> so the moment where my parents dropped me off in the airport, uh, that was like, oh, the, really? yeah, that was the moment where I felt like adrenaline running through me and I felt just so excited. Something that I just I didn't feel for so long and it, it just felt incredible. So it was just the moment they dropped me off. Wow. And so then you got out there, started enjoying nature and you hiked. When did it occur to you that through your photography, that could become something bigger? That could become some kind of uh, monetary help for you? Um, it's, it kind of built up because... I, I wouldn't say like I, like I, it's, I, I didn't have like a, a big, big passion about photography yet, but I just really wanted to share and show the people how the world looked. And just that feeling made me go and because I'm a very creative person as well, um, the connection with photography was kind of, it kind of happened pretty fast. Right. So how did you first start sharing this with the world? Um, it started, so I came back from South Africa and I just, just on Facebook and showing those pictures to my parents, to my friends. And they all said those pictures looked so incredible and, 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 and that it looked amazing there. And I, I wanted to show that feeling more because that was something that I just found, that I just discovered. And, and I feel like many people still have to discover that as well. Right. So tell us some of the feedback you got when you showed them the pictures. Like, did someone say, hey, that's so impressive. I want to go to that country too. Or what kind of transpired as a result of it? Yeah. So many people said, yeah, of course, that it looked incredible there. Um, but it's not like I'm trying to to show or to say to people that they should go and and, and travel long-term too or something, but I'm just trying to show more uh, and, and to say that people should connect more to nature and people should go and explore more. Right. Do you have a form of, of meditation that you do in your life, Yelos? Um, yeah. Um, so I meditate almost every day using an app called Headspace, which... Okay. Isn't it uh, an amazing app offering some great guided meditation sessions? But another thing that I do, and it's some sort of meditation, is every morning I go on a morning walk. And I'm making air quotations um, on morning because everyone who knows me knows that my mornings are kind of late. But <laughs> what I do <laughs> on these walks is I check in through all my five senses. So smell, taste, feel, hear, and see. So I focus on each one individually and I really pay close attention to the experience of hearing, of seeing, of feeling, of tasting. And it's truly incredible when you do so, uh, feeling the experiencing, uh, the experience of each one of them one at a time. It's incredible and it's key as it is with many things in life to remind ourselves of those abilities we have, which 
are oftentimes forgotten because we are going through life using those senses all day in, day out, and totally forgetting how amazing and blessed we are having them. So that's something I do every morning, and it also helps me to feel appreciation, which to me is um, pretty much what life is about. So how long is your walk, and what do you see? Is it in a city? Is it in the hills? Where is that? Uh, here in Belgium, it's I, I kind of live like a bit in the forests, sort of. So I go, but even if you live in a city, you can always go to some park. Uh, but I would I would say to, to go somewhere where, where it's green, somewhere where there's nature. Um, yeah. And and the walks, they kind of depend, but mostly it's like for 30 minutes. And so what about your meditation? How long is that? Um, this is, at the moment, I do like 10 minutes every day. Right. And so you've said that you feel happiness, you feel balance as a result of some of these things. How can you describe that? Describe that feeling of happiness that these activities help you achieve. Um, you actually, you kind of set uh, balance and that's exactly, um, I feel happy because I feel balanced in who I am and in, in what I do. Well, you call your business Inner Picture Stories, and I really like that because I think that we really connect people <laughs> with people using stories. So how do you use stories? Do you do a lot of writing? You mentioned articles. And you, so you take your photos and you make them into stories, basically. Is that right? Um, I wouldn't say exactly like that. Uh, mostly it's an article about a subject, and I just I connect the photo with it. Right. Okay. And so then how do you work with others in this? Because I know you photograph other people and other things. Yep. Um, so what I'm at the moment, I'm still building up inner picture stories and the end goal is kind of where I want to go. And, um, I'm not sure I'm going to call it, but it's like an event and I want to go and put people in nature. I want to go with a group of people in nature and connect travel and wisdom. So go in nature and have like deeper conversations. So that's like the end goal that I'm working towards with inner picture stories. But in the meantime, I'm, I'm working as a photographer and I'm, I'm earning my living through that. And so what's one country you have not visited yet and you're really looking forward to it? Well, you know, Canada is uh, is pretty much high on my list. Oh, is it? Oh, good. Well, you'll have to come and, yeah, it is. come and visit when you're here because I'd love to have you stop and we could have yeah. a coffee. You could stay overnight, whatever. That would be just great. And Canada is a beautiful co yep. country to f photograph as well. And, you know, there's so oh, much yeah. varied landscape here. So what pops into your mind as a really beautiful, fascinating country other than Belgium that you've visited? Um, Iceland is it? Iceland is very, uh, very incredible. It's just changing all the time. Uh, and yeah, it's, it's amazing. I would, anyone who can go there, highly recommend to go there. Were you able to see the Northern Lights? Yes, I was. Um, and quite a lot actually. So did you get some great photos of them? I did. Um, I did got some shots from it. Um, yeah, I got some nice ones. Yeah. Yeah, it's a beautiful place to visit. I have not visited, but my sister-in-law 
and my brother have, and they just absolutely love it there. So yeah, beautiful place. Well, you know, I've worked in the field of bullying prevention, and you've had a lot of experiences in your travels. And then, of course, up to that, you know, for those six years in your room, do you have a story about bullying where mindfulness would have made a difference? Um, <clears throat> yes, I have. And um, this was actually in high school. Mm-hmm. Um, in in class, we had a kid that got bullied, like, all the time. And it was on this one particular day that I thought being 12 years old, like, they, like, gosh, they should really do this differently. So the teacher told us in front of the class that if someone would go and bully him again, more serious punishment would be given. So he was just like giving us a more serious warning sign. And I raised my hand on this and I told the teacher that this will not help. And I remember him being quite angry on me for saying that. But, I mean, of course, it did not help. They kept on bullying him, and when they got punished, those bullies would only come to see the reason of their punishment because of the victim. And even though if they got sent to another school or something, the same kind of cycle repeats itself, and they will just go and find someone weaker to make fun of again. So there are two kind of problems here, uh, one in the victim and in the bully, where a deeper state of mindfulness would have helped. So first of all, and um, this is something I don't get, but bullies always get the most attention, while victims are oftentimes, they get none at all. Um, And what schools should do, what I believe, um, and I hope there are some schools who do this already, but, but treat the problem kind of from the actual source, the victim itself. And what I mean with that is that people get bullied because they lack confidence to stand up for themselves. Right. Uh, so every school should have a coach to help raise confidence in people who get bullied. And another thing, going over to the side of the bully, for many bullies, bullying is um, bully others. Bullying others is seen as something fun to do, and they're not really aware, and especially not at a young age, the the danger and the kind of power their words can have on others. So I would say in in class they should give like a couple of times lessons on bullying showing the statistics of people committing suicide because of it, or showing a video of someone who got bullied to show the feelings they live with and really trying to make everyone feel and become more mindful of the danger of hurting others. Do you ever remember any programs that did happen in the school that were addressed at bullying? I can't really remember any amazing program. Um, No, not really. Right, right. Well, it really sounds like that had quite an effect on you observing that situation and noticing that really nothing was being done that was effective in order to mm-hmm. deal with it. So that is really frustrating to see. And did you, in reflection, did you ever decide or consider why you went into such depression in those years? Do you know why you did? Yeah, Um so I guess when, when I was like younger, um, I was like, in, I was very happy. I was laughing all the time, <clears throat> but you, you, well, when you're young, you're still kind of like, everything is kind of exciting and an adventure and you're kind of living in a more like a fantasy kind of world. At least you right. still can. And once I was 12 years old and I was going to high school and things were getting more serious, 
that kind of got that came that got away and everything was just seeming so boring and everything was just always the same going to school sleeping going to school again and i don't know it's just everything was getting less of an adventure mm. to me and i felt the like kind of excitement going through me and and curiosity was also going away uh, to me do you think if you had traveled earlier, like when you were 15 or 16, that would have really changed your situation and you wouldn't have felt so depressed? Yes and no. I th um, so yes, it would have changed me. It would have changed me a lot. Um, and I think it would, have the, it would have had the same kind of effect. But... I still think if I would have come back being 15 or something, I would still have to go to school. And it's not like I hated school or something, but I was just, I didn't have the interest in life. But I, I just don't really get how, how school did not see that something was wrong with me and that I really needed professional help. Um, so, but once I was 18, I was, if I would have been 18, I, I was just, I was able to keep traveling and kind of heal myself through the wisdom of others. Right, right. Well, I really love how you've described it all on your website. You really went into some depth talking about what you went through and what you discovered. <laughs> yeah, it was very, very interesting. Yellis, my next questions are part of the multi-mode round. Just short 30-second answers are perfect. Here's the first one. Who is one person who has influenced your mindfulness? On mindfulness, um, Eckhart Tolle. All right. And how has mindfulness affected your emotions? Mm, they made me realize my emotions and stand still uh, about them. Tell us how breathing is part of your mindfulness. You know, I think... Because uh, anyone who walked through a forest and took a couple of deep breaths, you can't deny that they felt amazing. Um, yeah. I think breathing is very underrated, actually, because uh -huh. we do it all the time. And like taking some deep breaths, it just it feels amazing because oxygen is how we how we stay alive. You're right. If you could recommend a book related to mindfulness, what would that be? Yeah. Uh, um, <laughs> I guess this book has um, been recommended multiple times, um, but I'm going to recommend it as well. Uh, the Power of Now by Eckhart Tolle, um, because this book gave me a clear introduction on, on what mindfulness is, and it really actually changed my life. Uh, so for anyone who, has, who is listening and did not yet read it, I can highly recommend it. Well, it is a terrific book. You mentioned Headspace, and I was just going to ask you if you could share an app. Do you have any other apps that you ever use that are related to mindfulness? Um, <clears throat> so I love taking notes, and I take a lot of notes. Um, but another app, I would just say um, an app where you can take notes on, and I, well, every phone has uh, one. Mm -hmm. And um, mostly how this helps me is um, when I'm sitting somewhere, I start writing down what I'm seeing, what I'm experiencing, experiencing and what I'm feeling. And it helps me to zone into the now and to appreciate what is right in front of me. 
And I mean, this doesn't have to be long or something, but it's just a way to help me bring in what I'm what I'm experiencing. Right. So so you type it into your phone then basically, is that right? Yeah, I, I just type it in my phone in. Yeah, sure, sure. Uh, what advice would you give someone who really is hearing about mindfulness for the first time and they think, yeah, I'd love to get some of this in my life? What would you recommend? I would say go and buy the book, Eckhart, uh, The Power of Now by Eckhart Tolle. That, because it just so much helped me. And like I said, it gave me a clear introduction on what mindfulness is. Yeah, and it really gives you a different, different look that you, you kind of think, wow, this is a whole different world, doesn't it? <laughs> you know yeah. what? I, I, I'd love for Mindful Tribe to be able to connect with you, learn more about you, learn more about your photography. How can we do that? Um, so the best way would be to go to innerpicturestories.com. And um, I love if some people will go I, I, comment on my articles. I love to go into uh, some conversations. And from there, you can also easily find my Facebook and my Instagram. Great. And I imagine you love using Instagram because it's all about being visual, right? Mm. <laughs> yeah, I use it uh, quite a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thanks so much for being part of the show today. I really appreciate this and hope to see you in Canada one of these days. Yeah, I'm looking forward to that. Thank you so much, Bruce. Super. Bye now. See you. Thank you so much for joining us today on Mindfulness Mode. For insightful blog articles and show notes for every episode, check out mindfulnessmode.com. If you've enjoyed this podcast, you could help us out by clicking on the iTunes link on our website and leave a rating and review. Till next time, Mindful Tribe, use what we've learned today to reach new heights of calm, focus, and happiness. Stay in the mode.